Hey guys, welcome back to the Unfortunate Sandwich Podcast. My name is Isami Dane, and I'm just so glad you're here. In these podcasts, we talk about spiritual abuse and mental health struggles. In today's podcast specifically, I wanted to talk about letting go of abusive relationships. I do want to preface this episode by saying we are definitely diving into trigger warning territory, so please keep that in mind as you listen. I am also in no way a licensed mental health professional, so everything I'm sharing from these podcasts is specifically my experiences alone. This is a really sore subject for me, just because it's something I've experienced personally, and it's something that didn't happen too long ago. And I feel like there's a lot of information out there because I was looking for it myself when I was going through all of this about what to do before letting go of an abusive relationship, like how to get to that point. Like here is how you muster the courage to set your boundaries. And, you know, here is how you put yourself in a position where you are no longer in contact with this person. I felt like there was a lot of information out there like that, but I didn't feel like there was a lot of information out there to prepare me for the amount of pain and just agony, honestly, that I would go through after estrangement from my parents. I've been estranged a couple times from my family. The first one was for not being able to complete college in 2011. I had to leave. I was three classes short and I became a waitress and I wasn't making any money and I couldn't go back. And my dad was so embarrassed of me and said I was ashamed of the family and told me he did not want to speak to me. Of course, they uh, magically showed up in my life again once I became a flight attendant and um, uh, was worthy of their time. (laughs) I'm I'm laughing because if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. But that was the first time I was estranged from my parents. The second time was in 2017, and that's pretty much the permanent stop of where this all ended. And I think deep down in my heart, I knew it was for real this time. And that's why it was so much more painful. If you've been in a similar situation like I have, then you've probably heard the back and forth of, well, I'm walking out, or I don't want to talk to you again, or the cold shoulder of not picking up the phone for months on end. And you don't know if that person's going to come back. And you might feel like you're walking on eggshells. But when you know it's the end, sometimes it hits different. You just know that there's no coming back from this. And you have to somehow go on with your life like things are going to be okay. And there's no bereavement period for that. There's no legal guideline at work that says, you have now been estranged from your parents. This may hurt more than a death, but here's your time off. That doesn't exist. So how are you supposed to deal with something that feels identical to a death when you don't have the time to grieve? or you don't even know if you're supposed to or even allowed to grieve. It might seem immature to grieve, or that's what you're telling yourself. You're going to still feel a part of you that's emotionally stuck. You've been in that person's life for a long time. And if you're in a relationship like I was, where there's a lot of traumatic bonding, that person was there with you to be the abuser and to be there when they abused you and comforted you after that. I think something that really helped me to kind of get through this was number one, therapy. (laughs) I didn't want to go for the longest time. 
time. It was almost a full year before I actually went to consistent therapy. I tried to go to a therapist after that, had a terrible experience, um, and then just kind of gave up and then found myself in a very, very dark place. Actually, I'm just going to flat out tell you, I found myself in a psychiatric facility in December of 2017. And it was through therapy that I realized that I had to respect my feelings. Like I, there was just no way around it. I had to respect all of the feelings that I was going through. Anger, resentment, pain, just all of it. Sadness. Like there was no escaping it. And it was okay to feel all those things. And notice I say accept, not follow. Because sometimes your feelings will say really unhealthy things like you should get back together with that person or you're worthless or had you not said done or acted or believed or whatever fill in the blank this thing then they would still love you and you would be a good person in their eyes and your feelings are going to tell you a lot of things like that and so that's why I say respect them not follow them because there are going to be some times where you're like I just need to apologize for my entire existence and beg on my hands and knees for this person to come back in my life. Maybe they'll expect me, maybe they won't. And truthfully, that's not healthy either. And that's why I say respect, not follow. Respect in the sense that you acknowledge that you're in pain. You acknowledge that you're angry. You acknowledge that you're sad. And you acknowledge that maybe you're even depressed. You have to be honest with yourself. There's no way you're going to fool yourself. I I tried. (laughs) Look where it got me. I realized in that psychiatric facility that December of 2017 that I was not fooling anyone. I thought I was. I thought I was fooling my husband when he had begged me to get help so many times before then. And I even thought I was fooling myself, but obviously not. You have to allow yourself to be angry. And if you're coming from a religious background, that's going to be hard to do for you. Because sometimes there's a lot of twisted versions of what anger is supposed to look like. And a lot of times it's either in an unhealthy way or you're not allowed to express it at all. And for me growing up, I wasn't allowed to express anger at all. So I felt like a horrible person for being angry at my parents for disowning me. And I thought I was a bad person for doing that. And if you've been taught the opposite extreme of anger, things like don't get me started on this, but here we go. Righteous anger. If you've ever heard that, that that phrase makes me cringe. It just does because usually it's used in a way to abuse someone else because of how the other person is feeling. Like they're angry that someone disrespected them or they're angry that someone doesn't believe the same way they do. And so it gives them the right and the liberty then to treat someone else poorly. So I, I just really, uh, that phrase just makes me cringe. I don't know if anybody else is out there like that, but if you've been through the religious trauma and religious abuse like I've been through, your ability to express those feelings of sadness and anger, all of those things may feel like you're doing something bad. I just want to let you know that it's, it's not. When it does become a problem is when that leads to your life. When the anger towards the person who abused you is the leading force in your life. And what I mean by that is literally everything you do is through that lens. So someone is nice to you at work and you just assume that that person is a bad person, has bad intentions, and you just cannot stand them. And oh my gosh, how dare they say hi to you because what other intentions would they have to say hi to me? If you're starting to see that pattern, 
in your mindset and I've been there, it's dangerous. And that's what I mean by leading with anger. But it is so important to go through all those stages. And I think in some ways it's the stages of grief. I'm sure you've heard from a lot of psychologists and even therapists that it is impossible to work through that, especially if it's like a death of a loved one, without experiencing all those stages of grief. If your best friend came to you and said, I can't believe it, my husband just died. Would you tell them that it's stupid to be sad? Would you tell them it's stupid to be angry? I hope not. (laughs) If you do, you're a terrible friend. If you're that person's best friend and they came to you with that heartbreaking news and they said, you're the first one I told, I don't know what to do with myself. I I just feel all these emotions at once. I'm I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm upset. And I I just don't know how to feel. And I I miss this person. I'm just heartbroken. I don't know how to feel. You're not going to sit there and treat this person like they're dumb. You're not going to tell them to get over it and be like, here, we have 15 minutes. Feel better soon. You're going to give that person time to grieve, express themselves, maybe even encourage them to go to counseling or even meet with other people who have lost their loved ones. If you're going to do that for someone else, please do that for you. If you treated your best friend and talked to your best friend the same way you talk to yourself, would you be a good person? If the answer is no, it's time to be a lot nicer to you. You've lost someone in your life who was supposed to be there for you. It might have been a friend. It might have been a boyfriend. It might have been a mom, dad, anybody, a sister or brother. This person meant something to you. That's why you feel the way you do. And it's okay to feel that way. And that's what makes us human. It's what makes us image bearers of God. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of the Garden of Gethsemane, but this is basically where Jesus went to pray right before the crucifixion. I really encourage you to read that story and it just really expresses the human side of Jesus. In this story, he's praying and he's not necessarily praying for everyone he's about to die for. He's actually praying about his emotions that he's going through. And he actually says in his prayer, if it be possible please take this cup from me. Meaning, God, if there's any way, any way that I don't have to go through this much pain, and it famously describes the sweat drops of blood. And if you're a medical professional, you know that there is a breaking point in the human anatomy where you are under so much stress that sweat and blood will literally mix through your pores. This is how much pain and human emotion Jesus went through. And if it's okay for Jesus to do that, I guarantee you, friend, it's okay for you to do too. I don't know where you're at right now. You might be in your car listening to this episode. You might be at the gym. You might be at your house. But wherever you are and and you're feeling something because you know you haven't dealt through those emotions, I just want to encourage you that no matter what you've been taught previously, it's okay to work through them. It doesn't make you a bad person. And if you're a Christian, it doesn't make you a bad Christian at all. And it's completely normal and even good for you to go through each one of those emotions. I think a lot of times what we forget too is when we don't go through those emotions in a healthy way, 
we end up expressing them in an unhealthy way. And usually the people who receive the unhealthiest version of you are the people that you love and the people that love you the most. And you don't deserve that. You don't deserve a life where you are constantly on edge and angry about something someone did to you that was horrible that you have never allowed yourself to express in a way that's healthy. I also want to say to anyone who is not a Christian, first of all, I'm really glad you're here. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me be on your playlist. Seriously. I think it's really cool when people of other religions come together and can peacefully hang out. I actually like doing that myself and I genuinely enjoy listening to podcasts from people who don't think like me and who don't believe like me because it just brings us together as humans, I think, in some ways. So I just want to talk to you as a human for a second. No matter what you believe in or even if you don't believe God exists, I just want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you for being angry. There's nothing wrong with you for being sad. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling empty after someone walked out on you. And no, you don't need my permission to know that or to feel that way. But if you've felt even the slightest twinge of guilt, I hope you set yourself free from that. I've met so many friends who've been disowned by family and their parents were religious. As a Christian, I want to let you know that your parents are wrong. It's not okay to disown someone for what they believe in or their point of view and especially to do it in the name of God it's not okay and that is not what Jesus would have done to you I want you to know that on all of these podcasts no matter where you're sitting in your room no matter where you're sitting in life you're welcome here and I hope you know that and I'm so glad that you're here and you might get mad at me for saying that and honestly that's okay I've had people mad at me for worse things than saying it's not okay to treat someone badly. I also want to say this for the amount of time that you give yourself to heal. I think a lot of times people get angry with themselves that they don't feel better already. (laughs) I know I did, which looking back, it's just the most unrealistic expectation I could have set on myself ever. You go to Costco and you're lifting that heavy box and you pull your shoulder You sit in the car for 10 minutes. Are you going to expect yourself to feel better if you pulled your shoulder out of socket? No. (laughs) You're going to go to a doctor. They're probably going to have to do something. And it's going to take a little longer for you to feel better about your arm, like that, your shoulder. Like that's just natural. It's normal human being stuff. And I would hope that we start looking at our mental health that way. If we are traumatized by something, if we have been abused, if we have been disowned, had to walk away or get removed from an abusive relationship, that pain is going to linger for some time. And it's going to take you getting help for it and acknowledging that you did experience something very severe and sitting with yourself and allowing yourself that time and that grace to fully heal. You know, even with physical injuries, sometimes if we pull a muscle or, or tear something, we might feel better later and that pain may stop being as excruciating as what it was, but we may have physical lifelong injuries. And you know... Sometimes when 
we have to let go of abusive relationships after we've been estranged, they can leave permanent scars on our lives. As someone who's walked through that and is walking through that, I just want to let you know that you're not weird. (laughs) And it's normal and it's okay. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I hope from listening to our talk that you were able to look at yourself with a little bit more compassion, whether it's something you went through 10 years ago, last week, or maybe you have a friend that you need to share this episode with. I hope that you're able to leave today with a little bit more kindness and grace. Thank you again so much for listening to this podcast. I always love hearing from you guys. If you have any questions that you would like to have featured on these podcasts, please feel free to reach out to me. My email for this podcast specifically is theunfortunatesandwich at gmail.com. Again, that's theunfortunatesandwich at gmail.com. If you would like to remain anonymous on these podcasts, please preface that. Otherwise, I will use your first name. If you want to hang out with me throughout the week, I would love to hang out with you. I'm on all social medias for TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Mental Health Isami. You can hang out with me there. Again, that's Mental Health Isami. Thanks again, guys, for listening, and I'll see you again next week.